Welcome to the Business Excellence for Managers podcast. This podcast is for you if you work in a company and have a management role with or without business excellence experience. Having worked for many years as a senior consultant and more than a decade and a half in large multinational corporations as chief quality officer, I would like to share with you my experiences in business excellence. I know you're busy, so I will keep these weekly podcasts short and sweet. Once a month, you will hear about best practices and lessons learned from executives from around the world. I also included a free download with key learning nuggets and the recommended action points. So you can choose one to two of these points from the list, implement them and see if you notice a difference. You will find a link to this freebie in the show notes. This podcast is sponsored by Wave Business Excellence Footprint, an environmentally friendly online training company that cares about your employees' development and your business performance. One of the frequently asked questions I get from managers is, who should I train? How many should I train? Is there a limit to the number of people that should be trained? In this episode, I will answer these three questions. Let's start with the first question which is, who should I train? The answer is very simple, but quite surprising. The first person you should train is yourself. As you learn more about business excellence and Lean Six Sigma, you'll get a clearer picture and you will have a better sense of who fits into that picture. On our website, www.wave-bef.com, in the header under the tab called Courses for Managers, you will find a course called Yellow Belt, which is also known as the champion training. This is a three and a half hour online course in which I will explain you the key principles of Lean Six Sigma, the phases of a project and what your role and responsibility is when sponsoring a project and much more. This course will provide you with the basics. If you would like a more advanced course with a certification, we offer a two-year certification program called Lean Six Sigma for Managers. It is a hybrid training where you receive online material and one-to-one -one coaching that includes specific milestones you should achieve. The important part, you will have measurable results in five measure pillars of your business, which are process efficiency, performance management, mindset and behaviors, organization and skills, and lastly, voice of the customer. Those are the five that you will see measurable results. Please feel free to contact my team if you are interested in this advanced program under contact at wave-bef.com. Once you have reinforced your basic knowledge, the next step is to look for innovators in your company. In my podcast number two, called Four Simple Steps to Reduce Resistance, I explain who they are. If you haven't heard that episode yet, I highly recommend putting it on your playlist. Here is a quick summary. I spoke about my experience where I noticed that roughly 10% of all employees are innovators who are eager to try new things, gadgets, programs, software, and initiatives. They are very inquisitive and love change. Then you have the second group called early adopters. They represent approximately 40% of the total staff. They like to see a few successes first before they come on board themselves. The third group is called late adopters. They also make up about 40% of all employees. 
This group of people is not easy to convince. They are not as curious about change and usually join in at the end once they have seen many measurable and positive results. Finally, we have a group called resistors and they represent about 10% of the total number of employees. Of course, these percentages can vary from company to company depending on the company's culture, hiring process and employees' previous experience. When you start with the Business Excellence Program, I recommend starting with the innovators. Ask yourself and your team leaders to assess who the innovators are by answering these simple questions. Who on the team does not resist change? Who is the first to raise their hand when something needs to be implemented? Who has the latest gadgets, widgets and software? Who is the most inquisitive one in the group? Who is hungry to learn? Please do not choose a person from the program who happens to be available. This usually does not end well. The criteria should not be to find someone who is not busy. Sometimes, those who are the busiest are the ones that could benefit the most from such a program. Of course, the best scenario would be to find an innovator who is available and has time. But that does not really happen that often. Another important aspect to consider when selecting lean practitioners, green belts and black belts is that you will allocate a project to these individuals. They will take on the role of a project leader. Green belt trainees should invest between 5-10% to of their time in a process improvement project. The rest of the time they work on their usual tasks and duties in the company. Black belt trainees should spend more than 50% of their time working on projects. Another point that differentiates green belts from black belt is the complexity of their projects. Green belt projects can be completed one to two months sooner than a black belt project and these projects bring a measurable return to the company of approximately 12,000 to 50,000 euros. And this is a mix between soft and hard savings. This is already a very good return on investment because the training and certification do not cost that much. If we are talking about black belts, the results of their projects should be in the range of 50,000 to 100,000 euros per year, which corresponds to 5 to 10 times the investment. A complete black belt certification, and we are recording this in year 2023, is slightly under 10,000 euros, which makes it a very lucrative business case. Once certified, it's crucial that you, as the manager, plan to allocate more projects to this person, because they are now equipped with the skills that will bring even more value to the company with each project completed. The black belts who reported to me had a yearly goal of achieving between 200,000 and 500,000 euros of measurable savings per year. Those who did this for several years could easily generate half a million euros a year through their various projects and coaching sessions they provided to other practitioners. If you plan to train and certify lean practitioners, their time allocation will be similar to that of a green belt. They should continue to work on their tasks and invest 5-10% to of their time on lean projects, which are more pragmatic than the Six Sigma green belt projects. The return per lean project is about 8,000 to 12,000 euros. These numbers are, of course, just averages. For some projects, we might have zero euros benefit because it was categorized as a strategic project to improve employee motivation or customer satisfaction. 
then it may be that another lean or green belt practitioner with a short and simple project will bring 1.5 million euros hard savings to the company. I have seen it all. If you're wondering why these Lean Six Sigma certifications are linked to belt colors, well, they are linked to the project leader's level of experience with Lean Six Sigma methods. As you probably guessed, it originated from martial arts. At first, they were created for fun, but later, the name stuck around and became permanent terminology for roles within the Six Sigma community. Even in the recruitment business, these are well-known job titles especially when it pertains to the certified black belts and master black belts. If we're talking about basic training, also known as the white belt training, then the answer is quite simple, because at some point of time it should be a requirement for everyone to participate in that course. In some companies, the white belt training is mandatory for everyone and it is also part of the onboarding process for new employees. This puts everyone on the same page and should give them a general idea of the vision of the business excellence program and have the ability to speak the same language as others. Another question you should ask yourself is, to whom should I propose a development plan? This development plan can be created for anywhere between one to five years. Here is one example of some of my employees' development. They would spend the first year learning the lean methodology and becoming a certified lean practitioner. After two successful projects, this person can assess whether they enjoyed the journey so far. If they want to learn more, they can take part of the Six Sigma Green Belt Training and Certification, which can take another year. After two successful projects, this person can again evaluate if he or she still enjoys the journey and can then apply for the Six Sigma Black Belt Certification which will take again another year to accomplish. After completing two years as a black belt, this person can once again make the evaluation if they like it, and if so, they can become a tool master, a trainer, and a coach. They will be able to certify others in the organization. This is a prestigious role of a master black belt, which can again take one to two years to attain. If this person goes through all of these stages with no breaks or interruptions, then we already have an amazing career development that takes round about five to six years. As a master black belt, this person will be well known by management and the door is open to many other opportunities in the organization. In my personal case, I also made the journey from being an employee in operations department and afterwards I made my Lean Six Sigma career development and moved over to consulting business. I traveled to many countries around the world implementing Lean Six Sigma and later joined the board of directors of a multinational corporation where I had the opportunity to establish various departments and later became their chief quality officer. This is not to brag about my career path, but more to show you the possibilities and opportunities available to your employees when they choose to develop themselves using the business excellent tools and methods. A word of advice if you want to train someone as a black belt and a master black belt. Please check their current compensation package and compare it to the market reference zone and decide if it's feasible to close the gap once the person is certified. The gap does not need to be closed at once. This can be done in a step-by-step -step approach. For example, if the newly certified black belt is able to bring a measurable benefit to the company of 200,000 to 500,000 euros per year, 
then he or she receive a salary increase of the amount of X per year. You can then see how many years this person will need to deliver positive results until they are paid according to the market reference zone. Some employees are not so patient. If they don't hear about a development plan for their salary, it won't be long until they get a call from a recruiter or find a job that allows them to make up the difference by moving to another company. So if you want to avoid this scenario, it's essential to talk to them about their future plans right after their successful certification. If you can provide them with exciting projects where they feel they can bring value to the company and continue to develop their skills, then you have a good chance they will stay. But if they feel that they have nothing to lose where they are right now, they may decide to change company. You can provide them the perspective of a further career development. For example, telling them that they may obtain their Master Black Belt certification in the future. And in the meantime, they should be given exciting tasks such as creating and leading new initiatives, building a culture of continuous improvement, allowing them to train lean and green belt practitioners, and being one of the key change agents in the company. If you provide them with a good working environment, they are likely to stay, even if they know it may take several years before they reach their market reference zone. There was a study that researched the factors that kept people in a company. Salary did not come first. The first place was the relationship people had with their managers. If you are training someone who is already a project manager, the gap may not be that big and it won't be that hard to close it. But if you are training someone who is, let's say, in operations and is at the beginning of the career path, then the gap may be much bigger. As mentioned earlier, another way to identify potential lean practitioners, green belts and black belts for courses would be to check if the company already has a high performer program. If so, take a look at who is listed in that program and ask them if they would be interested in learning about business excellence methods and tools so that they can lead process improvement projects and bring even more value to the company. What has always been valuable to the top performers in the companies I've worked for is that they had the luxury of having a coach to guide them step by step. I use the same model today in the certification programs offered by Wave Academy. If a high-performance program does not exist in your company, you can meet with the head of HR and brainstorm about the pros and cons of establishing such a program in the company. If they are interested, you can use the Lean Six Sigma career plan I mentioned as a starting point for the high-performance program. In the show notes, you will find an overview of this development plan that you can download. This program is designed for the company's future leaders and it is a valuable asset for them to understand how business excellence works. If your HR department does not think this is the right time to start a high-performance program, then it's time to ask yourself who are the top performers in your area of responsibility. As a freebie, you will find an Excel sheet with a trainee selection matrix for Lean Six Sigma courses. Here you can put the names of the potential candidates in each column and rate how they score on 10 basic questions. A score of 1 means it's very low and a score of 10 means it's very high. Finally, add them all up and see who received the highest scores. In this trainee selection matrix, question number 1 is, does the person follow and live the company's values? 
This is important because it may happen that an employee achieves or even exceeds their goals but has done it so without following the company's values. A company's culture lives by what its employees live by. If management allows employees to break the rules of the company values, then that becomes the company culture. If you're going to promote someone, don't just look at their performance, but also the way they behave and whether they are in line with the organization's values. Question number two. Does this person lead by example? Is he or she a role model for others? Question number three. Evaluate whether he or she is motivated to grow and advance within the company. It's important to know that not everyone has the desire to become a manager or perform leadership roles with high responsibilities. Some people are happy working on processes they feel comfortable with, do a good job and get out of the office on time. Such an employee may have no desire for big changes. They simply like the predictability of their current situation. While on the other side, you have individuals who constantly need to learn new things and achieve bigger goals. Question number four. Does this person have, or can develop to have, a good interpersonal and communication skills and has the ability to feel empathy? Many times I have noticed that if someone is a good communicator, they may also have the sensitivity to be empathetic to others. That is, they feel the pains and the problems of others. They can put themselves into other people's shoes and see the world through their eyes. This is a very important superpower that a Lean Six Sigma project leader should possess. Question number five. Does this person have the potential to become a future leader? This is solely your gut feeling when looking forward. Question number six. Is he or she well perceived by his or her co-workers and peers and by managers? Question number seven. Do they have a positive attitude? When leading projects, the project leader should always have a positive attitude towards the project outcomes. Their attitude will be reflected towards the team. If you would choose a project leader who is pessimistic about every project outcome, this will also be reflected to the rest of the project team. And of course, it will be reflected in the end result of the project. Question number eight. Do they radiate energy? It is important to radiate energy and motivate others to cooperate and collaborate on projects. It is like a supercharger. The more energy and passion trainee reflects, the more he or she will amplify the energy to the project team, which in return will also give back the feeling of being energized to the project leader. Energy creates more energy. Please do not think that you need to find a person who is all jumpy and loud. You can also find people who radiate a good amount of energy while still being calm and speak in a low tone of voice. Question number nine. Do they have difficulties with the current processes? If you identify an employee who is known for being unhappy with the current process and work environment, it may be a good idea to give them the tools and skills to do something about it. The good part? You will have already a project that can be allocated to them, they know the pain points, and they have the motivation to solve the problem. Question number 10. Do they speak other languages that could help them communicate within the company? 
If you are based in a country where English is not the local language, then it is an advantage to know English as well, especially in multinational corporations, where English is usually the common language. This will make it easier to work on project documentation and when working to replicate best practices across the organization. Once we are able to solve one problem in a particular country, then we send that project leader to other countries to solve the same process problems using same solutions. Languages always open many doors and break many barriers. Now, let's summarize with some do's and don'ts. Do number one. Do take part of a training, at least the basic training called Yellow Belt. Number two. Do have a meeting with your potential trainees to discuss about the training. Number three, state the potential for a development plan that can be stretched out for several years with a possibility to stop the program whenever they feel it's not the right fit for them. Not everyone was born to be a project leader. Do number four, if you are training a black belt, check the market reference zone and see how you can motivate this person in case their current compensation package is not close to the market reference zone. You can use some of the techniques I mentioned earlier, or even add some small perks that might be of interest to that person. Do number five. Include Lean Six Sigma goals into their mid-year and year-end review goals. Number six. Directly ask the potential candidates if they are motivated to attend such a training. They should not feel as if they're obliged to take part of the training just because they were sent there by their manager who thinks it was a good idea. Number seven, do give them the chance to gather more information about Lean Six Sigma before they commit. They could, for example, take part of a basic training. And now let's look at a couple of don'ts. Don't just pick someone who happens to have time availability. Number two, don't choose a person by their age or seniority. Look at my own experience, as I was the youngest in the program at that time. I was only six months in the company and I participated in these courses because my manager and I believed it was the right fit. Number three, don't only choose those who are already project managers because other employees might also have great potential and they might be sitting in gold mines in other areas of the organization. Consider selecting a diverse group of employees, including those from different departments, levels of the organization, and with different backgrounds and perspectives. You can choose the projects for your business area first and then allocate it to the right person, or find the right person for the course and then identify a good project that fits to them. Both versions are good and have their pros and cons. I have seen good success in both models. I once had a person from the finance department attend the Greenbelt course who was responsible for issuing the invoices in the company. When she got selected and she also thought it was a good idea to take part of this training, then we asked her if she had any ideas for a project to use for her training and certification. She had a feeling that some of the services delivered by operations department were not being billed because not all services were properly linked to her financial system. This was later confirmed during her project and we asked the IT department if they can generate the link between a specific service to the accounting system. This was possible and after working on it for around about two days, 
the company was finally able to correctly invoice the customer for the services performed under the service level agreement. The implementation of this small project took her round about two months and generated an increase in revenues, which are hard savings, of 1.4 million euros for the company. This was the amount that had not been collected in previous years and the management was shocked, but at the same time happy that we did this Lean Six Sigma project. Her training and certification have definitely paid off. And that's what we mean when you have an employee who's sitting in a gold mine. Point number four. Don't forget that you do not only need to consider the availability of your trainee who's going through the course, but also the availability of the people who will be taking part of their project. The selected trainee will need the support of their manager and the organization to be successful in their role as a project leader to improve the processes. If you happen to choose too many trainees from the same department, their workshops may conflict with each other and it will be too demanding for the team's availability to attend so many workshops from all of these projects at the same time. Number five, don't forget to use the trainee selection matrix to help you choose the right person. Please make sure that this document is kept confidential. It should only be seen by you. Now it's time that we move to the next and final question in this podcast, which is, is there a limit to the number of employees I should train? How many should I train? The answer to the first question is yes, there is a limit to how many lean practitioners, green belts, black belts and master black belts we should have active in the company at the same time. When it comes to the basic training and change management training, there are no limits as this is beneficial for everyone. In my experience, this is the best balance. Of the total number of employees that you have in your company, 10% of them should be active in lean or Greenbelt projects each year. If some trainees complete their certification, say, this year, and do not continue with more projects for the next year, then your 10% mark will drop and you will need to train new Greenbelts or Lean Practitioners so that we can keep the 10% active rate per year. In terms of Black Belts, the goal is 1% of your total staff should be Black Belts. For the role of a master black belt, you can have one master black belt for an organization that covers between 100 employees and maximum 2,000 employees. If you exceed these numbers and percentages, it could be too much of a strain for your teams as there will be too many projects that are running at the same time. If you are below this mark, then you know that there is still potential to generate greater efficiency in the organization. And one final point is that you do not need to jump straight to the ideal values which I mentioned above. You can develop your business excellence program step by step. It can take up to five years to have the ideal program maturity. In the show notes, you will find a link to a downloadable PDF with the learning nuggets and simple action points. You can choose the action points that best fit your current situation and evaluate whether they brought you value. Feel free to let me know how it went. Your feedback is important to my team and me so we can continuously improve the value we deliver as we want to give you the most from each episode. Please rate, subscribe, send in your comments and share with those you think could profit from this episode. It's very much appreciated and I am grateful for your messages. I am also a work in progress and I strive to do things better every day. 
investing in yourself is the best investment. Therefore, if you are interested in finding out more about courses and certification programs that were designed for you as a manager to further boost your business excellence initiatives, please go to the Courses for Managers tab in my company website. On the other hand, if you want to further develop your employees or perhaps your high performers so that they can bring even more value to the company and learn new skills and methods for solving process issues, then please select Courses for Employees tab on our website www.wave-bef.com. Thank you, stay tuned and I'm looking forward to seeing you soon in the next episode.